I think we've proved that we can talk about anything for at least 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you could restore it Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And with me, as always, is Lemongrass Gogalupe. Persona Molly Gundy. I was like, a, you, got the first, you got the nickname right, and then you butchered my last name. I it was like, it was a mouthful. The whole Lemongrass Gogalupe, Persona Molly Gundy, that's a, that's, a, that's a big mouthful. <laughs> I'm good, Curtis. What's going on with you? How's your... Uh... How's life? It's it's been a week, as you already know. But for those who don't know, I got my COVID shot a week ago yesterday, and I had a severe uh, reaction in that my left arm became virtually unusable until yesterday. Um, it, I could not lift like if it was if you know if you if you ever your arm it's like, like a pencil. Laying, Huh? It's like a you're like I couldn't even lift a pencil. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, I couldn't lift my hand. Mm. Like if my hand was sitting on my leg and I needed to lift it off my leg, I couldn't do that. Well, I could lift. I could lift it at my elbow. It wasn't the elbow, right? Yeah. It was the deltoid because you know that's where the shot goes. And it basically, if I needed to lift my whole arm like more than an inch, it wasn't happening. Crazy. And that really messes up a lot of activity and it also it would just throb like my shoulder joint would just throb in pain you know to the point that i actually went to the doctor and the doctor was like this stinks but uh he didn't want to give me a cortisone shot because he was worried it was actually not a vaccine reaction that it was a some sort Something of tear else. Yeah. And, and you've had I, other shoulder issues. In the I past have too, had right? other shoulder issues. Uh, and so he's like, I can give it to you, but I don't advise it. And I'm like, okay, I'll suffer, but I need drugs. Man up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he gave me Vicodin, which was, you know, that's a pretty big deal in today's world, right? You, yeah. you know, but I, he trusted me enough with a, with 20 Vicodin. And uh, I tried not to take them all at once, but I, I, <laughs> I took them as Please instructed. Please do not call Curtis and ask him. For... Yeah, don't yeah, don't ask me for Vicodin. But he he um I I took you know one and he said take one, wait thirty minutes, and then take the second one if you need it. And I, I took the second one, and honestly, it didn't help. So that's like oh, that's gosh. so yeah, so that's I, I that's sleep. really severe. <laughs> yeah, two Vicodin and my my shoulder. The problem was that I I'm a side sleeper and uh, and my preferred side is my left side, which is where the shoulder is. And yeah, long story short, I'm still happy I got the the vaccine, but for a week, it was not a fun time to be me. Crazy. Um, yeah. So now you're fully vaccinating. I actually, uh, my wife and I just got our first shot over the weekend. Right, so right. it was pretty good, easy in and out, sort of under an hour. There are pl tons of appointments. I was a little worried with everything opening up, especially right, California. Right, they just right. opened up the 18 and over right. or the 16 and over. I think it's 18 16 and over. over yeah oh 16 yeah. and over yeah so they opened it up for everyone so i was a little afraid of can you get vaccines and appointments now was Super your system easy and was out. it is your second appointment already made or will they call you nope already made 
Oh, so even before so you left, the they, yeah, even before you leave, they sort of note down your appointment. They said it's auto generated by the computer. And so oh, they schedule nice. use sort of I had the Pfizer shot. So I'm about three weeks plus a couple days out. My wife just like an hour ago got her <laughs> second uh, Moderna. No, she got Pfizer. Got the second Pfizer. Uh, she had zero reaction the first time. She so far said she had zero reaction this time. But I think I, I honestly think it was my shoulder. I think it was. Mm. So I was that. a little sore on the yeah. vaccine spot. What were you sore about? Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> so if I lifted my arm, like uh-huh. you, it's it's like a flu jab, right? Or yeah. even worse yeah. than a flu jab, I should say. But yeah. the weirdest thing, like I was just so tired. Yeah, that's the I, that's I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. Pretty common. I, yeah. I zonked out at like 8.45. Apparently, I was snoring like a freight train. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later, I was just wide awake, like as if I had like a jolt of caffeine or adrenaline. Interesting. So I guess everyone's body reacts differently. That was just my body yeah. telling me I'm a wuss. I mean, still, any of the side effects that I've heard about, even the worst ones, are still way better than the side effects of the actually getting it. So I'm still very much pro vaccine. So just to know while I'm editing this podcast, um, persona is about to mention to me in the recording that it was the single biggest day for the pandemic. Uh, it was April 22nd and this is when things started getting bad, uh, very bad for India. Um, I, I just wanted to mention that this was made, you know, um, I don't know, six weeks ago and things have gotten uh, much worse for India. And uh, just wanted to say, you know, uh, Druva as a company, we've got uh, uh, 500 plus employees over there. Um, and we've had um, many uh, employees, family members uh, impacted. We've lost employees. We've lost family members. And uh, this is a, a, a really dark time for India. Not sure what to say at this point, but I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, at this point in the recording, uh, when we recorded this, things were just starting to get very difficult for India, and now things have actually gotten much, much worse. But anyway, back to the recording. Which is crazy considering, okay, so what day is today? It's April 22nd, 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday, or day before yesterday, was the worst single infection day for the COVID, vaccine, or COVID uh, virus, right? Uh, India hit 300,000 cases. Oh, worldwide. Positive. You're saying worldwide, worldwide. it's the worst. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, India hit 300,000 in a single day. And just speaking to people back in India, right, there's probably underreporting by maybe 40, 50, 60% on that number because people are afraid to get tests. They're right, afraid to right. go see the doctor if they're sick, right? They'll get whisked away into quarantine. So mm. it's a little scary what's going on in India right now. So yeah. thoughts and prayers know, out to everyone there. there? No, I don't know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy. Yeah, that that is crazy. I didn't realize it was. I knew that you had said that there were so many infections. I didn't realize that it was the single biggest day. Because yep. it, it's. I mean, we've definitely chilled out here. It's still bad. It's still yeah. a pandemic, but we've definitely lowered both the daily cases as well as the number of deaths. Yep. Um, to the point that you know, there's a lot of people that are just saying they want to get rid of it. Right. Yep. Um. I, you know what? You know what I mean. That they want to like open completely up and yeah. nobody wears masks. Some states have actually done that, right? Um, I don't agree with that approach. Neither do the scientists, but... Um, <laughs> but... It is what it is. 
It is what it is. What did you want to talk about today, Mr. I, th- I, I have an interesting, uh, an interesting topic that I thought we could talk about. I, this is one of those where I have all questions and no answers. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, and so this is, this is sort of one of those unique problems that, that it's, it's certainly a modern problem. So this starts with uh, the story about what happened at OVH Cloud in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and for those of you that don't know, we I think we did we did an episode on it, didn't we? We did, and I was just trying to pull that up. Which episode? I don't think it's been published. Was. Hasn't been published yet. Gotcha. I don't think so. Yeah, we did. We did an episode about OVH uh, with Dan Frith. Editor's note again, uh, it was the previous episode to this episode. So if you are listening to this, but you haven't heard that episode, please go listen to the previous episode that we recorded with Dan Frith. I also forgot to include our standard disclaimer that Persona and I do both work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are ours. Please rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And uh, if you're interested in backup, we're interested in you. If you'd like to join us in a podcast, um, then please do so. And also, just one plug for the book. Uh, my book, Modern Data Protection, is now available for purchase. If you purchase it from O'Reilly.com, you can use the code MDP35 to get a 35% discount for listeners of this podcast. So back to the recording. This episode isn't so much about that, but about something that I learned from that. And that uh, was that there was, you know, we often talk about, um, you know, that if you're using a service provider, right, if you're using mm-hmm. a cloud provider, a SaaS provider, you know, a pass provider, whatever, if you're using that, it is still your responsibility to back up that data, right? Yep. Even if you've given the job of backing up that data to them, it's still your responsibility. And that means a couple of things. One is that you, you, I'd say the biggest of those things is that whoever is doing the task, it is your responsibility to verify that that task is happening and that that task is happening in a way that is beneficial to your organization, right? And then we keep your data safe. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like a cloud service provider or any or a service provider like this. It could even be you go buy a backup software. You want to test it to make sure that backups can happen and you can actually recover whatever you were backing up. Yeah, the because- ul- the responsibility <laughs> is ultimately yours, yeah. right? Um, yeah, so so this is... And, and, oh, and go that's ahead. why... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say. And that's why it's easier when you're the one responsible, you're the one procuring, you're the one running, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? The backup restore processes. Mm-hmm. I think it does get a little bit more difficult, though, when you have the service providers or other people who are sort of doing backups on your behalf. Yeah, I think right. that's... I, I completely agree, right? Um, it's... This somewhat speaks to one of the core challenges with backup and that is that everybody hates it, right? <laughs> so no, nobody wants to have anything to do with it. And so the idea of I've, I've outsourced this. The, the thing is the tendency is for people to want to outsource this responsibility and they can't outsource this. They cannot outsource the responsibility. They can outsource the, 
the actual running task. of the process and all right, yeah. right. Um, but in the end, it's still you're still the one that's going to get fired if the data's lost. Yeah, the right? buck stops with you. <laughs> the buck stops with you. Uh, I mean, you you might have a defense. You might have a. They told me they t- they lied. You know, but but it's on you. You're supposed to validate it. You're supposed to make sure that yes, are they following the best practices and yeah, are they actually I, doing what you pay them to do? <laughs> going back to what you said earlier, I say all of that knowing how hard doing this will be. I completely get that. If you actually have outsourced backup, I I, I do want to differentiate here between a service provider who you have paid extra and they are providing a backup service and you're using a cloud provider that you think <laughs> as backup included. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to use as a prime example, there something like Microsoft 365 or uh, you know, or, or uh, Google workspace, AKA G suite um, because there are many millions of customers who believe that backup is included in those products and it is not. So I'm differentiating between those and, and you <clears throat> want to focus on the first category. Yeah. Well, 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 Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the I think it applies across both, right? It, because yeah, well, that's what I was saying. The test, the 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 idea of if you think well, so I'm going to say if you think your service provider is providing backup, whether it's because you have it in a contract or maybe or it's because you've just made it up in your mind, I, there, you need to verify that that's actually yeah. happening. And I think right? that is true. I think yeah, it doesn't matter what the scenario is. Let's talk about ways that you can go about to verify. Are they whatever the, whatever they're doing? Right? Is it actually or, working? Or that you think they're doing? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or that you think they're doing? Does it meet the requirements? So the reason why I I bring this up is because I've been chatting with someone who is um, I'll use the word victim of what happened at OVH, and he claims that he had the backups that, that, that their company had the backup service and that the backup service contract specifies that backups that, that these backups that the the company provided are physically isolated from the infrastructure in which the customer's virtual private server is installed. And which, which sounds like what we want, right? That yeah, sounds like that the sounds like backup. Rule. Yep. Well, what he found out apparently after the fire was physically isolated did not mean the same thing as geographically distributed or yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever other two words. It 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 was physically isolated in the same data center because when the data center caught fire, so did his backup. Ugh. That's yeah, it, and. And I guess he probably read that and probably assumed, yes, physically isolated means it's somewhere else, not in the same data center. But I guess I guess the question is, like you said at the start of this, how do you verify if they're doing the backups properly? Or even before that, right? He doesn't even need to see are the backups running. What are those questions he should be asking to see, okay, yeah. Is this really meeting the needs of backup? And I think the easiest thing is, does this meet my needs of a three, two, one rule? Yeah. It, well, you know, for me, it always is going to come back to the three, two, one rule, right? 
but I think that's a basic thing you should start with, right? I, I think that absolutely yeah. should, right? And, and by the way, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I definitely I don't want to suggest that I'm coming down on this particular person who reached out to me. I, I'm not saying that he didn't do his job. Um, I'm saying that it, it appears that the you know from from the version that I'm getting, it appears that OBH did not do their job, or that they advertised to serve and they used marketing speak to describe a service that it was not, you know, like, it wasn't truly physically yeah. isolated. Like I could see, for instance, them saying, look, if it was a storage array, I'm not taking snapshots and storing it on the same storage array, right? I do have it on a separate box. So in case that storage array right. catches fire, you have a copy somewhere, right? It's physically isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it could also be in the neighboring data center. <clears throat> because and and this is this will go back to something that you and I have discussed on the podcast before, the idea of what an availability zone means in in AWS. But in this case, this particular um, uh, cloud vendor, to them, they, I don't think they use the term availability zone, but but it, it was a separate data center, and it was close enough. That when the first data center caught fire, the second data center had massive smoke damage, right? And ended up shutting down as well. And so I, I want to say. That should you know, be considered like the equivalent of AZs, right? That you need to make sure your backup is somewhere other than that other data center right next door. Yeah, but you and I have, <laughs> you and I have talked about um, before, like Amazon's, I'm sure they're not the only one. It's just, you know, given where we work. Amazon is what we're most familiar with, right? Mm -hmm. But the how Amazon defines an availability zone, and if what I remember what you said was that they 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 say that it's within so many miles, right? Yeah, isn't that what they said? It's it's a it's essentially another data center, maybe grouping of data centers within a hundred miles, but twenty feet away is also within a hundred miles, which is what this other AZ was. I, I'd like to think that Amazon doesn't wouldn't do that. I don't think Amazon would do that. I think, but it's interesting though because there is no common terminology to differentiate that, right? Like, what's the standard that a customer is supposed to ask, especially when they go? Because I'm sure GCP talks about it differently, Azure talks about it differently, private cloud vendors talk about it differently. What's that common term that people should use to say are these like ten feet apart or are they like miles apart? Uh, how would you define an availability zone uh, from based on your understanding, based on what AWS documentation says? In my mind, an availability zone is usually within a region, right? So they're all within about 60-ish miles or 70 miles or so. But each one, they sort of have a minimum. So they say usually it's a few miles or so. They don't give you the exact number because, of course, it is right. going to vary. And some are going to have multiple availability zones. Some will just have one or, or three or four. Right. So it all depends on a region, but it is kind of a minimum. It's not like it's going to be the 20 feet apart that we had just like thought could be possible. But there's no I, common term for that, though. <laughs> no, there's the no common term or standard. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at Azure. Uh, none of the I mean, it's a big, long page on availability zones and the words miles or kilometer uh, or distance. Those words don't seem to be in the Azure page. And I should correct. So on AWS's page, 
It says AZ's availability zones are physically separated by a meaningful distance many kilometers from any other AZ, although all are within 100 kilometers or 60 miles of each other. Okay, so that's the official definition. So that to me, that means it, it's going to be it. It says many. It says a meaningful distance, many kilometers. Yes, which to me means more than a f- more than a handful. Yeah. So it's going to be at least a few miles away, which means that whatever happened at OH is uh, uh, OVH. OVH. Whatever happened at OVH wouldn't happen across data centers. Yeah, because. Um, uh, because the other thing also is in Amazon, a single availability zone may also have multiple data centers or buildings. Yes. And the sa- it's the same way in Azure based on the documentation that I'm reading. The reason why I say that is if the answer to questions that you ask is, oh, we make sure that backups are backed up. You know, if you pay for a service, we make sure that it's backed up in another availability zone. Yeah. Um, that is a semi acceptable answer but it's not as good as it could get right you, yeah. a better answer would be what different region right right so I, I i guess what i'm saying is when i read that definition when i read that definition that that this customer got physically isolated is is in my opinion doesn't mean much <laughs> it doesn't mean much that could mean a lot of stuff if i put a 1 centimeter away in the same yeah, rack <laughs> i could you know, I could put a sheet between the two and I go there and now they're physically isolated. Um, but if they were truly physically isolated by something that would meet a definition of being offsite, uh, it should not have been destroyed in the fire, which is what they're so, saying happened. So then in the case of OVH, even if they put it to a different data center like that neighboring building or container that had smoke damage, that still would not qualify as meeting the 321 rule of backup. Because it's too close. Yeah. Right. Because it's not, yeah, it's too close. So the question is, if you're asking, it, uh, so I'll just say this. In in some sense, you can only do one of two things. You can ask detailed questions of your representative, number one. And number two, you can do sort of tests. So I, I, would, I would say, you know, I would say, Please show me the documentation of this backup service, right? Where where I want to see the contractual terms, right? I want to see the the product definition. I want to see the contractual terms for this backup service that I'm relying on. And then you need to look for ambiguous terms, right? Mm -hmm. Physically isolated is an ambiguous term. If they had said... It is backed up to another availability zone. That's still an ambiguous term unless you have the legal definition of what an availability zone is. It's Don't possible. <laughs> it's possible, by the way, that those two data centers, one that caught fire and one that got smoke damage, were in the same availability zone. We're we're just assuming we don't we don't know. But if your answer is what's an availability zone, they're like, oh, well, it's a you know, it's a data center that, you know. How far, like, what's the minimum distance between availability zones? If the answer is 20 meters, that's not an availability zone, right? There are way too many things that could take out both of them. But I think even if it's, like, say, a kilometer, right, I think you still want to ask the questions about, or maybe even, say, half a kilometer, you still want to ask the questions about, is it on, like, separate power grids or other aspects that could affect? Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. 
power grid is a big one. Um, we, t- we, we talked about that with some other people that we've talked to is that, that, you know, power became a problem. Internet became a problem. Yep. Um, so yeah, a, a kilometer, even like Probably two kilometers, it, you know, you what, at least a, kilo- a safe? kilometer yeah. away. Yeah. Do you think I, that's well, it depends on what you're trying to protect from. Right. Mm. I mean, ultimately I wouldn't be happy. Like if you're asking me what I would do, I would want to make sure that it's in another region and another account. Mm. And, and I would, if, if we're talking electronic backups that I don't get to, you know, hand to a man in a van, then I would want it in another region and another account because there are, there are things that can take out things um, that are, you know, a couple of kilometers wide. That's right? true. I mean, yeah. admit it. Admittedly, they are rare, but, but still, if you have a <laughs> if you have a choice, you know what? Why not? Right? If the if the only answer to that question is, well, it costs more. You know how much more? Right? Again, make that business decision and consciously say, no, I'm not willing to spend an extra five dollars a month to have an offsite backup. Uh, and, and if that's the case, then, you know, God help you if you, you have the worst that happens. Or check to see if there are multiple options in the backup service that I'll give you that capability because maybe there is, a, like you said, Curtis, maybe a slightly more expensive option. Maybe that satisfies your need, but also there might be lower cost options, which don't work for you, but just make sure you can differentiate what are the differences in those services that they're offering. Yeah, but all you can really do like in this phase, all you can really do is talk to the vendor. Uh, and and it's difficult. The, the more you use like consumer class products where you're just, you know, your your bill is only 50 bucks a month. It, good luck getting those answers. I'm wondering if you could also ask the questions in terms, I know we talked about it in our DR scenario podcast. Um Ask the vendor sort of, okay, if I got hit with ransomware, what happens? If I got hit with a flood, if my production data center got hit with a yeah. flood or something else, I put it in terms of those use How cases. How am I or protected scenarios? against the following? Yeah. Right. Right. A ransomware that takes out my whole thing or somebody deleting my entire account or, you know, a data center fire or flood that takes out the entire data center. And then you need, you need a doomsday disaster of, yep. you know, Talk about talk about power outage. Talk about a power outage to the entire region, yep. right? Because that's a at least in the U.S. I don't know. About, yeah. <laughs> not about in other countries, a um, hurricane coming through. Yeah, right? you know something a that volcano. takes out power to an entire region is a perfectly reasonable thing to protect from. So if that happens, how do I come back up? Right. And if the answer is, well, you're going to have to wait until there's power back because all of our stuff is within <laughs> a couple of kilometers of each other. It's not a valid answer. Right. Yeah. But I, I think the number one summary statement of, of the talking to them is get it in writing. And, you know, I, I know I talk about this, this other person that I end up arguing with online and he's always talking about these these wonderful backup services that Microsoft 360 provide, my, that Microsoft 365 provides, <laughs> and I, and I asked them where are those services documented, either in the like the online documentation or in the SLA, and 
his answer was, well, I'm not in charge of Microsoft documentation. Okay. My opinion, uh, you know, and I think it's a pretty Until valid you see one. It in writing. If it's, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. Yep. You know who taught me that? Who? Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, okay. she's always like, show me that contract. Show me that contract. Yep. Oh, it's true. We didn't get a contract. We didn't get a contract. Wait a minute. You bought a car and you didn't get a contract. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Your case is dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so have we exhausted the whole talking to them thing? Because I, I think I think that's a good thing. And it's you know okay at, to go back and ask them questions. Yes. Right? Don't just take what they say at face value. Ask the questions because in the end, this is your business. This is your career. Your neck is on the line. Yeah. So make sure you understand what you are signing up for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now let's... Let's do the harder part. <laughs> so we've been told by the vendor that, you know, such and such has happened, right? Um, I, I think it's, I think the obvious thing is to test or restore, to test a DR, to, to test the thing that you say that is there. My question would be, how do you test in such a way that ensures that the recovery is coming from another that's that's exactly what i was going through in my mind it's like especially if it's coming from another service right you don't know are they just restoring data locally because they're providing it as a service they're dealing with all the restore operations for you moving the data etc how do you know are they just pulling it from a local thing in a rack that's right next door to where your production was or are they really pulling it from a different location and i don't think i have an answer for that well, so first off, we definitely have to do the restore test, right? Yeah. You have to do the worst case scenario and do the restore test. So um, you could say, I want to restore my data to this other data center or this other region where I think my data exists. You could kind of look at. But again, that's still not going to verify that it came from far away. Depending on, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, like I said, I don't, this is one of those where I have more questions than answers. Yeah. Did you kind of almost have to trust the service provider is doing the right thing? Right. Because you don't know where is that data actually being stored. They're not giving you access or visibility into that information. Okay. Here's so, a, tell, tell me, tell me if we had a network person on here. Can't I, watching packets come in, see the origination IP address so, of those packets? So I think it depends how you're doing the restore. Like if this was a virtual machine running in the cloud, when yeah. you restore, Amazon is moving the data for you, right? As a virtual yeah. machine, you don't see that IP address or the data being moved. Oh, okay. So I think it depends. Now, you could claim, though, that what if, like, let's take an example in AWS, right? If I had an EBS snapshot. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see where is this coming from? I could create an EC2 instance in a different availability zone and try to mount it, right? And I don't think today I can mount an EBS volume across availability zone, so that would fail. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Oh, so you're saying they say there's a backup here and it's an EBS, it's an EBS snapshot. And you're saying if it's in another if it's in another region and you try to mount it, 
it will fail. That that, yeah, that and that would be good. That would be verifying that it's in another region. That's an interesting idea. But um, I think, or or if you could, yeah, if you can mount it somehow, um, because I was just thinking, like, how do you test if everything is within the same region? Is my data really coming from that other availability zone or the rack right next door? Right. I think it's really difficult unless you fail over all your infrastructure. So let's take the example where maybe your production has an HA in the other availability zone. Uh-huh. What if you sort of simulated a DR scenario, failed over to that other AZ, and now mm-hmm. try to do a restore? But, or maybe... Hmm? But the restore would still work, even if it was local or remote. That's true. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think you can you can really kill ports or networking. I think you almost have to just trust that things happened. I don't do very good with trust. Can you ask the <laughs> can you ask a vendor for audit logs? Right. Mm, I that'd want be an to interesting. Ensure, right? Yeah. I want to see the audit logs of where this came from. And I, you don't have to do this for everything. You just have, you do it for each sort of type, right? To yeah. verify that the backups are as they're supposed to be designed, which means they're supposed to be in another region. Yeah. Um, and if they right. don't and- offer, if they if they say it's to another data, if they say it's to another system in the same data center, or to another data center that's literally right next door, um, and it's not offsite by more than a few kilometers. Then I, I don't I don't see that as a that, that then then you need to bring things up and you don't you don't need to test to verify that that yeah I'm wondering if you can also leverage some of the compliance regulations that exist. Ooh, I like, like that. If like if, if I need to prove, yeah, I need to comply that uh, oh, well, PCI like that. or SOC two or whatever else the regulation. Yeah, I have this regulation that I need to verify yeah. that I need to legally verify. I need you to. I need you to verify the following statement and sign sign to it yep. that the data is in a different physical location by at least this many miles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what wh- whatever definition you want to do. I like that. I like that using uh, regulations to force the vendor to document their practices. I like that. You get a See, good idea once might... in a while, persona. <laughs> and you thought we would have all questions and no real thoughts here. No, actually, I think that's a questions. really good, really good idea of using. Because like GDPR and CCPA, part of those regulations are to ensure that the data that you've been entrusted with is also protected. Yep. Right? Protected from outside access and protected from deletion. And you could use GDPR and CCPA as a way and other regulations, like you said, like SOC and, yeah. and, um, I think even HIPAA others. might have something as well. HIPAA. Or PCI HIPAA, too. HIPAA. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and, just figure uh, out what it maps to, and then just start using that as you talk to your vendors, just to make sure, am I really in compliance? Yeah. I'm just here. The end, the reason- yeah. I'm just here to like, I, it's not that I don't trust you. I just need to be able to prove it to the auditors. Exactly. They don't they're going to come at, well because they're going to come ask you right and you're right. supposed to meet that compliance need as a backup team so how can you meet that if you if everything's a black box to you I like that I like that a lot um and also 
I mean, is it, you know, another way would be, listen, I, you know, I'd listened to this podcast and they were talking about this guy that was OVH and the OVH had a data center and it turns out that backups were in the same data center. So I'm just looking for documentation that that's not the way I'm sure you're doing it completely differently. I'm just looking for documentation to back that up yep. so that I can show my boss yep. so I can show my auditor so I can show my whatever exactly. you can always, you know, you can vilify me. I don't care. <laughs> Mr. Backup said, yeah, Mr. Mr. Backup, Backup said, trust said. but verify. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe that was that was that a Reagan thing? Trust but verify. I believe it was a Reagan thing. Let's see here. Um, trust but verify. Yeah, Reagan. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. It was a. It was from Reagan. Oh, she said she taught him the Russian, Russian proverb. proverb. Yep. Wow. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. So. You, you need documentation, right? Because again, you you can outsource the, the task. You cannot outsource the responsibility. It is always your responsibility. But even documentation, they might send you something, but things need to be updated. Things change, right? I think you need I mean, a something. Yeah, the first yeah. half, it's something you'd have to do on a regular basis, yeah. right? The second half, as is the testing. The testing yeah. should be done on a regular basis, right? Yeah. Um, and the um, I'm a fan of automated testing whenever possible. You know, if you can script restoring of a bunch of files, if you can, if you can, um, I know. Like I remember, you know, when Veeam came out with that feature, the the idea of a of a basically a Back that you could do it isolated. Like a backup verification in an isolated yeah, where they could restore a bunch of of, of VMs. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, Druva can do that now as well. But it, they were the Veeam was the first company I remember that did that right, where you could you could bring up a bunch of VMs in this isolated environment and verify that the backups actually worked, and you could do that in an automated, regular basis. I think that I think that's a phenomenal feature, right? <clears throat> if you can automate this. I would highly suggest that you do so, right? Um, and uh, because the more often that that you can do this, the the better off you will be, and you will find out things that that you didn't know. I I I do wish there was a way for sure to verify that your backups are indeed offsite. Um, but I, but I short of yeah, you know, a, asking them for an audit log. Like our vendors want to prove, our our auditors want us to prove that the backups came from offsite. We're going to do a test restore, and we want to see audit logs that prove that the backups came from offsite. I, yeah. I think that's a reasonable request. I think so too. I think, or I think a lot of other vendors. The other way you could do it is, if the vendor offers a multiple options, I'm sure one of them is move the data offsite. And if they don't, then you should ask the question. Yeah. Are you guys moving data offsite? Or and like you said, Curtis, my auditors need it. Show me, please, so I can keep my job. I like that. I think that's doable. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, cloud is great. Cloud abstracts a bunch of these underlying infrastructure, but it also makes it difficult to know what's really going on. You need that some level of trust. And we're just saying 
go for the Trespa Verify. <laughs> it's kind of like my shoulder. Okay. <laughs> the doctor didn't want to give me a steroid because it could mask the underlying problem, right? Gotcha. He was worried that it was that there was something much worse, like a tear or something, um, and that if he gave me a steroid, that's my analogy to the cloud. I think then, yeah. I think the other thing is also people kind of, and we've talked about this with SaaS and also the cloud, people misunderstand what cloud is and the fact that they think, oh, we don't need data protection. Everything's automatically protected. You don't need backups, right? But even with Amazon, even with EBS and EC2 instances, you still need to take snapshots. Like you said, Curtis, you still need to make sure that you move those snapshots to a different region, to a different account. Right. Amazon makes it easier for you with tools like AWS Backup. You could script to it. You can use products like Druva's Cloud Ranger and other things. But it's up to you to make sure you're using the right mechanism. They're just providing you the building blocks. It's up to you to figure out the right way to use it. Absolutely. And if the building blocks aren't there, aren't documented, aren't in your contract, they don't exist. Yep. Don't assume. (laughs) Big key key takeaway. Don't assume. Goodness gracious. Anyway, well, once again, we have a topic that I wasn't sure how long we would do, and here we are 40 minutes into things, and I think we've proved that we can talk about anything for at least 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no, I think, it, no, this was actually a good topic. I It's something I hadn't really thought about, but it is an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if we get, if, I, I think I think we had some good, I, I think the, the I think the, um, the asking for audit logs and and asking for documentation to to satisfy an auditor, all those are ways that you can actually prove yeah. that they're doing something different. Um, so, all right. And by the way, if you, if you know anybody else that was infected, infected, if you know anybody else that was affected in that OVH outage, uh, I'd love to talk to them. That would be uh, that would be fun. Or if they've been in situations where a service provider thought they were doing backups or have something similar, because I'm sure OVH isn't the only place that this has happened. No. no. Right. And it probably will not be the last either. So exactly. Reach out to us. Let us know. Talk to us. Yeah. We're just trying to help make sure this doesn't happen to people. Somebody's got to talk about this stuff. This boring. uh, I I don't know if I told you, but one of my friends, I'm sorry. One of my daughter's friends referred to my book. Uh, as the most boring book on the planet. Did I tell Your you new that? Book? Your new book? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, she's a she's a millennial, mm. non-technical millennial. She doesn't she doesn't uh doesn't appreciate the amount of work that went into that book. <laughs> um speaking of which, um if you by the time this podcast uh airs, the book should be available. Uh, I know already you can already you can uh, pre-order it. Uh, the title is Modern Data Protection. It's available on Amazon.com uh, and also uh, O'Reilly.com. And, uh, you know, pretty much anywhere books are sold, you can already either order it or pre-order it. And, uh, you know, pay for my kid's college. Um, <laughs> help a brother out. You know what I mean? Anyway, so uh, thanks, Persona, for another great chat. Good luck with the shoulder, Curtis. I hope it gets better soon. Me too. Although I think that there's surgery in in store for me for the second mm. shoulder. 
I, my, that'll be my second old man surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and uh, thanks to the listeners. Uh, we would be nothing without you. And remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. Maybe one day it'll all look out. You're sure so.